Welcome to Documentary First, an inside look at a first-time filmmaker's journey. I am your host, Josh Lindsay, from the Movie Proposal Podcast. And with me is our first-time filmmaker, Christian Taylor. Hey, Josh Lindsay. Hello. And sitting next to Christian Taylor is not only our button-pushing guy from Russia or Hawaii, do-it-all, Jason Rugg. Hello. Hello. Again. Again. <laughs> but is the behind-the-scenes famous to me, and soon to be famous to you, Jacinia Thomas. Hi. And why is Jacinia famous? Christian, do you want to tell us? Well, I found Jacinia here in this office. <laughs> Just sitting in the office. <laughs> Just sitting in the office one day. Actually, she was introduced to me by Jason Rugg. Um, Jacinia showed up one day, and she really was the only other girl other than me that's ever really been around here. Uh, so, Jason, why don't you tell us a little bit about Jacinia? Yeah, so Jacenia is one of our assistant animators here at uh, Phil Fisher Enterprises, and so she's been on staff for about a year. You yeah, about passed. about a year. Yeah, like right after Christmas. Yeah, so she interned with us uh, about a year and a half ago, and then we hired her on full time after she finished school. So, and I just actually brought her on to the Girl Who Wore Freedom team, not only for this interview, but she is going to do an animatic of one of our little stories on the documentary first podcast. I can't wait till it's. Done. I cannot wait either. But if you're not familiar with an animatic, what is an animatic? And Jacinia, I want you to explain it. An animatic is kind of like a storyboard or a or a comic book that it with the sound with it. So you'll see it as a video, like not fully animated, but like the storyboard, just everything timed out right. So it's sketched. It's basically a sketch of the story. Um, so you'll hear the story of, uh, we're calling it the beer, helmet beer story. Um, and she will draw out, you know, us or the, us telling the story, like what's happening. Uh, and that way you get to hear the story enacted. It's kind of cool. Yeah. And it, and it feels like it is animated. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's much a much more simpler version of an animation, but so much fun. And there's ones you can check out from the Holy Post. Yes. The golf <laughs> one, the golf grump, right? Yeah. And what's the other one you did? Um, let's see. I did uh, the golf grump, uh, Fugitive on a Plane. Oh, yeah. That one's really good. <laughs> and the latest one that's out is The Daniel Diet. And there's another one coming out. I'm not sure when, though. Okay, so those are based on the Holy Post podcast with Phil and Sky and me. Is there a place that someone can go to watch those? I think they're just on the Facebook page at this point. Um, they're also on Sky Jatani's uh, YouTube channel. Yeah, okay. Oh, okay. Sky Jatani's YouTube channel. There Fantastic. you have it. Right. Well, what are we talking about today, Josh? Well, that's a good question. Um, so we were talking about Sundance in the last two episodes. So getting there and then experiencing it. And, and then the, a little bit into the film festival thing. But we skipped right over. Over? Our screening. I mean, we talked a little bit about oh, the screening. in Arlington Heights. Yeah, in Arlington Heights. And you were not able to be there. I was not and able to be there. And neither was Jason. So I sent you a link and asked you to watch it. Well, before. I, I thought it was a suggestion. <laughs> not, not a <laughs> I figured you would want to watch it before we talk about it on the podcast. So I just want to point out, I did watch more than Josh. I'm better than Josh. <laughs> <laughs> 22 minutes in. Mm. Josh you're, you're, has you're a hero. You're a hero to Christian. Wow. <laughs> All right, so why don't you start with what you have seen then for 22 minutes? And then um, the reason Jacinia is here. <laughs> the reason why you stopped cause... watching it after 22 minutes. <laughs> because I was watching it right before we started recording. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, Jacinia is here because she actually did watch it. Thank you very much. So, Jason, tell me what your initial thoughts were. 
So um, it seems like, from what I've seen, um, it's very similar to what uh, I'd seen before, but a lot quicker. And I, I've, I've gotten to see parts. So I'm only 22 minutes in before, but I think I watched 45 minutes uh, of the one of the previous cuts, and I'm, I'm about at the same spot. Oh, interesting. So it's it's a lot, uh, you know, and there's been some changes here and there of what what's, what's actually included, but it's definitely been trimmed down and boiled down to uh, a lot of the fat is gone. Yeah, it's essence. There's there's still some fat that you know, good little parts of the story that you know, because everything tastes better with a little bit of fat, right? Right. And so it's it's really interesting to see that progression, and again, to to be about I've watched about half as much, and and I'm about at the same spot. That I was before. Yeah, interesting. It's really interesting to see. So, Jacinia, tell me, you are a first-time watcher. You haven't watched mm-hmm. anything up until this cut. So, you're just fresh off this experience. Tell me what your thoughts were. Well, I'd like to say I at least yeah. saw the other cuts. I'd like just to say I watched those. All right. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. All right, sure. go ahead, cool. Jacinia. <laughs> I was impressed. Like, this documentary was quite unlike what I've really ever heard about for other documentaries around D-Day or World War II because this was less about the the battle itself but more about the relationship between the soldiers and the people of Normandy and that I've never heard of that before and like what it really opened my eyes to was the love of the Normandy people and the forgiveness and how they were able to get over the pain of the battle because like at first the American soldiers were very intimidating and the bombings were started by the American soldiers and there were so many civilian casualties but even with that the Normandy people like opened their hearts to the soldiers and basically made them family and the children saw them as superheroes like one of the people that was being interviewed called the soldiers my Americans which was amazing really just to him to see them as his Americans. Yeah, that gets to the absolute heart of what was so perplexing for me. I'm glad you got that because I can remember when I first was there and and experiencing everything in Normandy, it was quite a shock to my American sensibilities because I had only really knew the American perspective. History is written by the victors, right? So I only knew our perspective of the war. And when I got there and started learning things, it discombobulated me a lot. And there were a lot of things I didn't understand. One of them was the French people would say, well, here in Normandy, it wasn't that bad. The Germans weren't that terrible. Our occupation could have been worse. We had food. We were farmers, etc. There weren't terrible, egregious things. So then I thought, well, if that's the case, why were you so happy to be liberated? And they explained, you know, imagine what it would be like if you had a German living in your house, watching every single thing that you did. Imagine if you had to go down the street, but you had to show proof of your paperwork and why you were going there. Imagine if you had to live on German time. Imagine if all of your vehicles and animals were commandeered by someone else. And even though there weren't bad, horrible atrocities that they were reporting, you could understand after four years how that would be so oppressive and how happy you would be right, to they be free. free. Yeah. Right. And, and then you go the next level, which is true, but... 20,000 civilians lost their lives in the Battle of Normandy. Whole towns and villages and animals were wiped out. Children were, you know, died. How in the world could these French people 
be warm to the Americans that were destroying their towns? Uh, it's a great question. And a lot of them really did struggle at first. And you'll, you know, in the movie, you hear Patrick, uh, not Patrick, it's Denny Vanderbrink who says, at first, that was all they focused on. They focused on their pain. They focused on their loss. They focused on just their hatred of the whole situation. But over time, as the years progressed and they began meeting veterans, they realized that those people didn't have to suffer, that they didn't have to have their friends maimed and left on the battlefield to die. They began to realize that other people who had no connection to France at all sacrificed their lives and died for their freedom. And over time, I think their grief was turned to gratitude. You know, there, and that for me was so powerful is that as we, as we think about what others have given, as we put ourselves in the situation of others, um, our incredible grief and loss can be transformed. Yeah, and that I was very impressed to see in that documentary. Well, thank you for taking the time to watch. Many people do say that. They say we've learned stuff we've never imagined before. You know, I thought that the French people hated us. I never knew that they had so many, you know, so much destruction and so much pain. I had no idea that they were so grateful to the Americans. And I do think you're right. That's why this documentary is different. And I hope it will do well. How long is the most recent cut? 86 minutes. Oh, my, under 90 minutes. That's if you don't count the credits. I For film festivals, <laughs> we I, much to my chagrin, we have to include our credits. And right now our credits are like seven minutes long. we got to figure out how to get that down because I don't want to write in there. It's over 90 minutes. you got to do that thing they do on like TV where they like squish it down the corner and just... <laughs> yeah, that's what we got to do. Why, why is it important to be under 90 minutes? Well, just it just looks better as you're okay. like submitting. I mean, what, I've, what I neglected to understand as a filmmaker is how important like hard facts are in people's experiencing of the film. So people's experience of a film is determined by their physical surroundings, whether they're hungry or tired or hot mm -hmm. or cold, but it's also how long they're sitting there. Mm -hmm. And so if they look at a movie and they're like, oh, that's a three-hour movie, I'm not going to go see that. Like right. that can just make people write you off right away. Right. But an 86-minute film is much more palatable than a 90-minute film, even though it's like four minutes. It's like much. instead of selling it for $5, you're selling it for four ninety nine. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. More appealing. It's just a psychological thing. So – uh, now that it, you've edited it down, is there, what is, what is left? Like what? Because there's always yeah. Because Jacinia saw it. You, would you say, as far as you can tell, it's a completed film? Yeah, I do believe that it is, if not completed, very close to being completed. Yeah, most people who don't know film right. would think it's finished. What else do you have to do? Right. Everybody has said that to me. And so a lot of the stuff that we have to do is behind the scenes and you're not going to be able to see it. The story is locked. We are not making any more changes. I'm very happy with where we are right now. Whoa. So what, that's what day was a that huge when deal. Now, that is not something I thought I'd ever hear Christian say. <laughs> I know, when, but you know, hold on Becca. When did that happen? That happened. Um, I would say right around, uh, like the first first week of January. Wow. So we did this edit, rewrite everything the last week of December, first week of January. And once I saw this new cut, I'm like, that's it. We're wow. done. We're wow. done. Like I could just, 
tell. I'd been through enough screenings. It was the right amount of, like you said, substance essence with a little bit of fat. And it, to me, felt like there was a bow on the top. We were done. And I was satisfied with the story. And that was confirmed by when I showed it to everybody um, last week. People were blown away. The thing that was so interesting to me is people on our staff came up to me and was like, oh, my gosh, you included so many new things. And these two images, when I saw those, and I was like, wait a minute, those were in there before. Like, (laughs) there was so much in there that all of a sudden people discovered Uh, and they thought was new, but it had been in there before. Interesting. And so, yes, there is new images. Yes, yes, there are new images. Yes, there are new videos. Yes, there is new music. Uh, But for the most most part, I think what happened was we didn't wander any. We told a linear story without a lot of wandering, and so it clarified the story for most people. And so it was it was completely different for a lot, for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So uh, I just felt I felt very happy with it. Now what we have to do is we do want to augment the score. And with some live instruments, we have some more sound effects that we have to do. And bigger than that, we have to get our rights Bible done. And we have to prove that we have the right to everything in the film. Do you have the right to everything yet? Um, Not yet. We do have to get the rights from the archival Michelle de Valivier footage that hopefully the French minister in uh, to the Midwest will get us. Come on, Guillaume. Guillaume. so we, we've got to get that, and then we have to put all that together. We have to show that we have all the rights to absolutely lock every image in place before we do the color correction, which is like the final thing. And so uh, once we have all of those images locked in place, we can do the color correction, and we're ready to sell it to a distributor. Um, and however... That is going to take more money than I have in my bank account right now. So I'm also still trying to raise more money. If you are listening to this podcast. And you have money. And you are a supporter (laughs) and you've donated before, would you please consider giving another gift simply because, like, we have $7,000 in the bank account right now, but I have, like, checks to write for work people have done. And we really need like seventy five thousand more dollars. It's kind of crazy. People are like, "Why does it cost that much?" And it just, it just does. To be honest, I mean, because when you hear about most movies' budgets, they're in the millions. Right. I know right. ours. I think we've spent probably around two hundred thousand. It's crazy. You're like this film is uh, ten million dollar budget. It's kind of small. You know, we're like, "Oh, okay, ten million small," and you're like two hundred thousand. <laughs> yeah, so. we're two hundred. It's nuts. And but I will tell you, get this at our cast party. Our like main veteran, CO Bauer, gave us a huge like check for a veteran. And I just was in tears. He believes in it so much. He wants people to hear it so much. He's gave us money and is wanting me to try to find a way to take stocks and securities to give us more. So it just, you know, that keeps me going. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I have that's one awesome. final question for Jacinia. So you're a millennial, correct? Are you, are you Gen Z? I think I'm a millennial, but it really depends on who you're talking to. How old are you? How old are you? I am 23. And you were born in? 1996. So technically, I think you're a Gen Z then. Yeah. I'm I'm like the cutoff for millennials. I'm 95. Ah. So. Okay, so we got a millennial and a Gen Z in the room. So when you watched the film, how did you watch it? Jacinia. Like, 
how I physically watched what it. What device did you watch it on? I watched it actually on the computer in this uh, office. Okay, so you watched <laughs> it on a Mac. Okay, and then what did you watch your 20 minutes on? I Jason? was watching on my laptop. Your laptop, okay. All right. So not, not, a, not a TV, not a... No. no. Well, a lot of times it's people's phones. Right, so, I, was, I was wondering. So to be fair, this was a Vimeo link. It's not that easy to get that onto a TV. Well, yes, it is. You can cast it to your smart TV. I and don't you have a smart TV. Sh- <laughs> and you should. But you know what? Listen, let me just tell you, when you are making a film, you do have to take into account, like this ultimately is not going to be released on a screen. It's going to be watched on a computer or a phone or cast to a smart TV. And you do have to keep that in mind. And there are different ways to export the film and, and different sound mixes for the film based on how people are going to watch it. Uh-huh. I've learned all of that. It's interesting. It is it's interesting. A <laughs> it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, hey, Justinia, thanks for joining us today. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thank you for having me. And stay tuned for her animatic. It's going to be awesome. wait. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for listening to Documentary First, where we believe everyone has a story to tell and you can be the one to tell it. Yes, you can. Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to Documentary First. We really appreciate your partnership with us. We can't do any of this without you. So thank you so much for listening, for donating, and for following along on our journey. If you are able to make a donation this week, we really would appreciate it. We are supported by donors who give us $100 or less, so anything helps. Also, if you're able to share the news about the girl who wore freedom with your friends and family, please do that on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, or email, and sign up for our newsletter at Normandy Store. Please go to normandystories.com slash donate to make a donation today.